What's up, friends? This is episode 63, and I'm so excited to finally release episode one of our anxiety series. So I'm going to be talking about what is anxiety, what it feels like, and offer you some supports to really navigate a calmer life. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So really thinking about your life and situations that you've been in. Have you ever been worried about going to start your new job or your first day at work? What about giving a presentation or a speech in front of everyone? What about that uneasy feeling in your stomach before you solve a conflict with a peer or a coworker or a family member? Have you felt butterflies in your stomach while you're stuck in traffic because you may be late to your appointment? Anxious feelings, nervousness, feeling tense, scared, fear. So clearly everyone experiences anxiety throughout their lives. Duh. And when I mean everyone, I mean adults, older people, children, everyone. But there's a difference between how anxious moments can happen in certain situations, just like before you take um, take a exam or if you are about to give a presentation or a speech. Those are moments that are understandably anxious for anyone, right? But anything that gives us those uncomfortable moments more than coming and going and that stay in our lives and cause us to have issues with daily living is considered to be an anxiety disorder. So it's over a certain amount of time as well. So over the past week, I've been talking with people from my community. I've sent out polls. I've discussed with people through email. If I talked about anxiety, what would you like me to talk about? Like what topics should I speak to you guys about on the show? And some of their amazing responses included, because I got a shit ton, by the way. How can family and friends support? Pros and cons of medicine. Triggers and how to identify. Coping skills. Identification. And this one shared, I didn't know I had anxiety in college. Later in life, I realized my behaviors were anxiety fueled. Anxiety and how it limits productivity. What can I keep on hand to help with symptoms, anxiety, and depression, resources, including who to talk to, don't have, if you don't have anyone in your life to talk to, physical toll of anxiety, and new mom anxiety. That was a good one. So these were all wonderful ideas to help me build the series. I appreciate all the topics um, that were given, and this allows me to really meet what your needs are, and then also teach you to be more knowledgeable in this area. And I also created a free download. It's down in the show notes. And basically it is called Anxiety Identification. I have the number of the show on there. And what it is, it's just asking you questions. So then when you listen to this, you can fill it out during, after, whenever. It's just a little resource for you to write down maybe what your symptoms are for you to think about and kind of unpack, hey, 
hey, I have felt that way, but when was it? It's because sometimes we can actually connect the dots and figure out what triggers are if we haven't already identified those. Um, and then just spaces for you to write notes. And there is a link for you to see where you can get a hold of me and then also some CDC resources. So go ahead, download that. That's for free. I'm sorry I did not make it a PDF fillable. I will do that next time so you could actually fill it out on your phone. This one is a printable version. So when we think about anxiety, everybody knows what it is, but we don't necessarily know what it feels like. Or maybe we have felt the symptoms, but we haven't really connected. Oh my God, that's anxiety. That's me, right? So I wanted to talk to you guys about the symptoms and what it feels like to have anxiety because it's really important. So these feelings, so symptoms, right? These feelings could be nervousness, restlessness, or being tense. Feelings of danger, panic, or dread. You could feel a rapid heart rate in your chest. You could have rapid breathing or you could actually be hyperventilating. You could have increased sweatiness everywhere, so heavy sweating. You're trembling or your muscles are twitching. You're weak. Difficulty focusing or thinking clearly about anything other than the thing you are worried about. This could keep you up at night all the time. Your brain won't shut off, right? Worry, worry, worry. You could have some gut problems, including constipation, gas, or the rhea. A strong desire to avoid the things that trigger your anxiety. You could obsess about certain ideas, which could be a sign of OCD. You're performing certain behaviors over and over again. Did I lock the door? Did I turn the lights out? Did I close the garage door? Did I close my pantry door? Is my purse inside the house? Did I lock the car keys? Did I lock the car doors with the car keys? So that would be performing certain (laughs) behaviors over and over again. So anxiety surrounding a particular life event or experience that has occurred in the past, that's going to be indicative of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. So those are some of the feelings that you might be experiencing during these times where it's really causing issues in your daily life, daily living, functioning, right? Not just those moments on where you do feel anxious, right? Because that the, that stuff is kind of like a healthy, anxious feeling, right? You you know that you're not unsafe. You know you're not going to die. You know you don't. You just have that fear because something is new. You're doing something that um, is not only new, but it's promoting growth. So whenever we grow, it's uncomfortable, right? So anxiety is that feeling, but it also tricks us, tricks our big brains and tells us, hey, this is a fear because we don't want you to go out and do more things, right? We want to keep you safe. We want to keep you whole. We want to keep you here. So revolving with anxiety is panic attacks, And I didn't realize I was having these until about mm, three years ago, right? I knew about them, but, and I, and I had them, but I never really connected the two, like, holy crap, I'm actually having them. And why, why is another good thing. So a panic attack is a sudden onset or fear of fear or distress that peaks in minutes and involves experiencing at least four of the following symptoms. So this is what it feels like to have a panic attack. Your have heart palpitations, right? Beating fast, 
in your chest. You're sweating. You're shaking or trembling. You're feeling shortness of breath or, or like a smothering, like, like you feel claustrophobic. Sensations of choking. You could have chest pains or tightness, nausea or, you know, stomach issues. Um, dizziness, lightheadedness or feeling faint. You're hot or you're cold. Numbness or tingling sensations. You're feeling detached from oneself in reality. So it's almost like you feel like you're watching yourself, right? Fear of going crazy or losing control. Fear of dying. Right? So those symptoms of anxiety that can happen in conditions other than anxiety disorder. So a lot of people go to the ER thinking they're having a heart attack. Maybe they're having some other medical issue when indeed it is a panic attack. So we think about those, right? And that was a lot of information. And that's why I made that download is so you can kind of write stuff down or some ideas or maybe something comes in your mind when we're talking about this today. But there's types of anxiety disorders. And these are figured out when you go meet with your primary doctor, then you maybe meet with the psychiatrist or a therapist. You talk about med management, if that's the way that you need to go. Um, No judgment here. You, it's just important for you to get some help so you can lead a calmer life. So types of anxiety disorders, agoraphobia. So people who have this have a fear of certain places or situations that make them feel trapped, powerless, or embarrassed. So this leads to panic attacks. A lot of people are homebound. They only go certain places with certain people um, because they do not want those panic attacks to happen. So really having a limited life because of fear. Generalized anxiety disorder. So this is an People with this experience constant anxiety and worry about activities or events, even those that are ordinary or routine. The worry is greater than it should be given the reality of the situation. The worry causes physical symptoms in the body, such as headaches, stomach, upset, or trouble sleeping. It also um, increases stress as well, which also increases the anxiety. So obsessive compulsive disorder so it's a continual experience of unwanted or intrusive thoughts and worries that cause anxiety so a person may know these thoughts are trivial but they will try to relieve their anxiety by performing certain rituals or behaviors so you see this as hand washing counting checking on things such as whether or not they've locked their house so looking for a purse lock their house turn the lights off close the doors all that stuff panic disorder causes sudden and repeated bouts of severe anxiety, fear, or terror that peak in a matter of minutes. So again, a panic attack, right? So if you're experiencing that, you're feeling inside of your body at that moment forever, how long that time is, usually a few minutes before it peaks. Danger, death, Feelings of looming danger are there. Shortness of breath, chest pain, rapid or regular heartbeat that feels like fluttering or pounding. Panic attacks may cause one to worry about them occurring again and try to avoid situations in which they've previously occurred. And the final one would be PTSD. So this is, this is extreme anxiety from an experience of a traumatic experience. experience that someone has gone through and that could be war assault natural disaster and accident and it can also be and I know it will be connected to once this pandemic is over 
all of the frontline workers, all of the people that have been affected by death or loss of home or loss of their normal day of life, um, especially people that already have mental health issues. Post-traumatic stress disorder is going to be a tsunami once this pandemic is over because I believe that many people have been traumatized through this event. Um, they also talk about selective mutism, so someone's fear of speaking um, usually you see it in children when they're at school. Um, they choose not to speak due to fear and worry, even though they can speak at home. Um, separation anxiety disorder, you see a lot of that in children. Um, normal childhood development, it comes and goes around 18 months. However, some children experience versions of this that disrupt their daily activities. So again, normal around that 18 month time, um, anytime after that and continual of that, that is something that is disrupting their daily activities. They should see somebody for that or you should talk to your, their doctor about that. And then there's specific phobias, you know, um, arachnophobia. <laughs> Do you remember that movie? Um, claustrophobia, um, any of those certain phobias can induce panic attacks. So many of those people that have those fears stay away from that. So then they do not have those feelings. So when it is a good time to see your doctor, and this is really important, you feel as though you're worrying so much, it is interfering your daily life. So again, daily functioning. So daily functioning is when I talk about hygiene, work, school and your social life and you can't really count social life right now because we're social distancing but if you know that you're not reaching out to anybody or doing seeing anybody at all that could be cause of concern but you really have to think about it because of the social distancing and everybody's home and all that your anxiety fear or worry is distressing distressing to you and hard for you to control you feel depressed you're using alcohol or substance to help you cope you have the feeling your anxiety is caused by an underlying mental health problem and if you're experiencing suicidal thoughts ideations or performing behaviors around self-harm or suicide please call 911 or reach out to a friend immediately. And before I start these two remaining things to talk about to help guide you into leading a calmer life, which I think that that's the goal for many of us right now because it's really a hard time. Think about the things that we could do at home, right? This is where we are all the time unless we're at work. So at-home anxiety treatments. So there's so many simple lifestyle changes that you can make at home to help you alleviate this anxiety feeling that you have. So really getting exercise at least 30 minutes, five times a day, um, start off and then start off incremental and then build up to that. Avoid alcohol and recreational drugs. Stop smoking. Reduce or stop consuming caffeinated drinks. Caffeine makes your heart rate race faster and then will actually give you um, more feelings of anxiety. So we're really working to calm, do stuff calm. So mint tea, chamomile tea, any of those things will help calm you. Try relaxation and stress management techniques. So 
repeating mantras or affirmations, visualization techniques, doing yoga, mindfulness, listening to calming music, all of that stuff will help with that. Getting enough sleep, right? So lack of sleep can increase feelings of restlessness and anxiety. If you have trouble sleeping, see your doctor for help. There's melatonin, there's natural herbs that you can take, um, all of those things. And then really eat and drink um, good foods and drink lots of water. So finally, one of the more most important parts of this episode is really talking about how you're going to cope and the support you should give yourself or a loved one or anybody who is dealing with this right now. So coping with an anxiety disorder can be a challenge. Here are some things you can do to make it easier. Number one, be knowledgeable. So like this podcast, we're learning about anxiety. Throughout the next six episodes, we're going to be learning more about anxiety, stressing anxiety, visualization, like understanding burnout, um, all of those things. That's being educated and educating yourself around this area and this topic. Be consistent. So if you make a self-care plan, an exercise routine, try and stay consistent with it. Don't just try one time and say, nope, it's not for me. Find an accountability partner, a support system, a friend can help you be consistent. So know yourself. Figure out what triggers your anxiety and practice the coping strategies you created with your mental health care provider, your friend, your therapist. Be consistent. Know yourself. Be knowledgeable. Four. Write it down. Keeping a journal of your feelings and experiences can help your mental health care provider determine what you need and what treatment plan is good for you. So that's why I wrote that or created that worksheet. So you can doodle on it. You can write your ideas, your thoughts, and then you can take it to a provider and say, here's are these things that I did figure out. This is what I'm, what triggers me. This is when, this is what happens. Um, All of that information is great. So getting support. There's so much support out there. You can join my community. There's so many communities on Facebook, on forums, throughout the interwebs that you can join. Associations such as the National Alliance on Mental Illness or the Anxiety and Depression Association of America can help you find appropriate support group near you. So there is in-person support groups as well. Once the pandemic is over, I'm pretty sure they would be more than happy to welcome you in their area. And then managing your time. So this would be under a self-management piece. So really managing your time. We hear that a lot of the time. I don't have enough time in the day to figure out all the shit that I need to do. I have all of these things. My list is 4,000 things long and I only have 10 minutes to do it all. You need to refocus, prioritize what's important and what is not And that will indeed, friends, reduce your anxiety and help make the most of your plan, right? So if you are experiencing high anxiety and you're building a plan, whether that's with yourself, with your friends, with your primary doctor, your therapist, you need to be able to cut back on things that are stressing you out. High stress equals is like fuel for anxiety, right? It loves... (laughs) It loves stress. And I'm going to tell you another thing that does not love stress is your body. You can get so sick, so sick, 
if you continue to burn yourself out and run until like you have roadrunner legs and you're going to run forever and ever like Forrest Gump. You're going to hurt your body and your mind and you're going to have a shit ton of anxiety and breakdown. Sorry to be so blunt, but (laughs) been there and done that. And try and be social. So isolating yourself from friends and family can actually make your anxiety worse. So try and make plans with people, whether that be you meet with them online to have a coffee date, you talk with them on the phone, or you reach out to your small circle of friends and maybe you can have dinner, uh, meet up with them somewhere outside of your home. And then don't let anxiety control your life. I know that it's hard in that sense of you feel like you're stuck in this everlasting circle that's never going to go away and you're never going to feel better but that's not true that's just your mind and your anxiety telling you things that are not true and it's really good at telling you lies I'm going to tell you that right now so I will see you guys next week thank you so much for tuning in that was a shit ton of information but I'm so glad that I got it out there for you all and then we will be hitting up stress and anxiety next week take care and reach out to me through my website juliabusby.com if you have any questions learn more about me there thank you and stay kind to your mind